0: everybody, and welcome to the Rogue Rebel Podcast! I am Sal, and I am here to talk a bit more High Republic, because if you guys are anything like me, you're getting into all of it. So, with that in mind, I have a very special guest from book hoarding all over TikTok and the YouTubes and Instagrams and Twitter, herself, Bianca hernandez Knight.
1: Hello. Hi.
0: How are you today?
1: Um, I'm great. I think we've already said so many words yeah, and I'm I, excited for the words we're gonna say.
0: We were we were very upset at Monday. Um
1: Monday's coming yeah. at you fast, man.
0: It's like all raining like all day here. Are you guys getting any kind of storm or is it like peaceful So days?
1: our storm has passed. Uh, we had like the crazy storm this weekend that like knocked out power and trees and everything like shut down. Damn. Um, and today, it's just, like, beautiful and sunny, and, like, when I'm done with this, I might try to, like, go outside mm-hmm. and, like, go for a hike or something. Not near trees, because I don't trust trees.
0: Yeah, you never know. Like, Especially after reading, like, some High Republic books.
1: Listen, it's legit. Like, just be wary.
0: Yeah. Like, when do you want to go into the woods? Excuse me, never. Like... Have you heard of the sir? Can I interest you in talking about our these demonic hell beings? Have you heard the high, Re- have you heard the good
1: word of mm-hmm. the High Republic? Because
0: listen, can I interest you in our Lord and Savior, Reith Silas? <laughs> good times. Uh, you do are, you are up to all kinds of awesomeness over on TikTok and the YouTubes. I'm especially loving the like the like voiceovers of you guys just doing like random little scenes from a movie that I've never seen, but sounds fancy and fancy clothes with a bunny.
1: <laughs> it's called pride and prejudice. Okay. It is... That's it. <laughs> um, Yeah, no, I've been having fun. Um, I basically, I, I put on an outfit that I thought was very Wednesday Adams to film an intro and outro for this video I did about making, um, I make a lot of clothes cause I go to fashion classes now. Mm-hmm. Cause What better time to have a quarter-life crisis than right now? Why not? Uh, Fashion. (laughs) So anyway, I was doing a video and I put on this this outfit and I was like, I look so cute. I look like Wednesday Adams. And then I was like, no, I look like Mr. Collins from Pride and Prejudice. So I was like, I'm going to own it and now do some videos making fun of myself and that's why we're here yeah
0: it's good times it, it is nothing but greatness like i bet if you even saw the movie i bet you would enjoy it even more
1: like, I mean, i'm like 10 out of 10 willing to bet anyone who understands
0: as a basic tiktoker <laughs> like it was already like like hit the little heart button but if you just happen to be into like fantastic like renaissance slash Oh, no, it's not Renaissance. Regency. It's go. okay. Regency you know what? Era. It's, a, it's an R word. I was close. <laughs> I, I was going to go Republic, but I knew that wasn't it either.
1: I mean, but I will say, this is my nerdy historical fashion of brain, which is if you follow any historical fashions and you look at um, what we have in Star Wars, especially the High Republic,
2: mm-hmm.
1: there's a lot of stuff that's very influenced by Renaissance and medieval and Arthurian legend that's... Um, Really cool and interesting.
0: That one I know uh, a, a little bit. I know a little bit about Arthurian.
1: It's really cool. It's a fun... It's, uh, Arthurian is a really interesting space. Um, you know, Legendborn is right. is very Arthurian, um, modern Arthurian, but there's it's, it's fun. I really like High Republic for a lot of the things it did that uh, speaks to our own history, um, or at least some people's own histories right right yeah
0: um anyway people should check you out sure all over the interwebs because you're awesome and you're making like wonderful fancy outfits to where you can be like mr collins uh mr collins (laughs) and that just killed me and i don't even get it
1: i think it was funniest because frank was holding the rabbit yeah and then frank
0: turned. then then you're dressing up frank and it's even better
1: yeah (laughs) dressing up frank's fun Um, it's true You know, hopefully, you know, I literally was talking to him yesterday about like our couple's costumes that I'm like, we have had these forever and we haven't finished them. And one of them is um, a Bastilla and Revan. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if people, if there's a hot scene for Bastilla and Revan content, we're going to be all on top of that soon.
0: (laughs) Nice. Ready. You're coming in. You're coming in ready if they, uh, when that, when that, as long as you finish your costume before that remake comes out, you're like set to be. The king and queen couple of the TikToks.
1: Sure. Right. Uh, hmm yeah. I mean, 100%. of course, you got to, like,
0: play the game and, like, get all the little cutscenes or whatever. I don't know how it works. I don't
1: even mean, But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's fun. Dressing up's fun. It's also, like, Halloween time. So, it's like, why not?
0: Yeah, it's Halloween time. Do you guys have any, like, Halloween plans? Like, I know we're grown-ass adults, but also we wear a lot of costumes.
1: Um, I mean, because we're in a panini and we don't have children, we're just going to probably stay home and, like, watch Halloween movies, but maybe in costume.
0: Right. So, check this out. Like, my wife and I thought it was the coolest thing to be like, you know what we're gonna do? We're so fucking metal, we're gonna get married on Halloween. And then we did that. And then every year when it's our anniversary, we took the kids (laughs) trick-or-treating. And we never get to do anything on our anniversary. We always go out, like, a day after or a day later. Because we didn't, like, quite think that all through. Uh Uh But, you know, now, like... Like, Axel can't go trick-or-treating with us, because what is it? Is it me, like, a grown man just standing behind a a 15-year-old teenager in a costume who's, like, taller than me? And, like, you know, while he goes and tries to get a... a uh, whatever he's trying to get, you know, some candy? So it's... I don't know if it's going to work anymore. But he has, like, friends that he's like, hey, like, you know, can they all come over and then we'll go trick-or-treating? And I'm like, dude, like... Why don't you go over there? Because like, this is not our neighborhood is like horrible. Like all the lights are out. There is nothing. Oh, There's no! nothing. But like old people live here. Oh, so it no. is like not the spot. In past years, when I would take them out, we would leave like the little bucket with like, hey, here's some candy. Just take three or whatever. And we come back and there would still be like a bucket full of candy. <laughs> there are so few kids that trick or treat at our house. They wouldn't even steal it.
1: That was just sad.
0: Yeah, it's just like it doesn't happen. So I was like, dude, you go with them, and then I was like, man, if he's just going with his friends from now on, like maybe me and my wife can have a nice anniversary evening. Like we can sit down and watch. She doesn't like scary movies.
1: I was saying that you should watch that music video that y'all that that y'all made. Remember?
0: Oh yeah, it was a long time ago.
1: You should remake it. You know what? That's what you do for your anniversary this year. This year, you get you just refilm. That music video in your house. You make Axel BBP. <laughs>
0: hey, before you go out with your friends, man, you gotta like film our TikToks.
1: We're gonna film the tripod. whole
0: Hold music video in fifteen second increments. It would, it would be riveting.
1: It'd be riveting. I'm just saying.
0: I might, I might make that happen. That would be fun. Like for no reason, I just have like the little rag on my head to simulate hair. You know, like because that's how some people change characters. They sure. like, just put like a little towel or they put a little thing and they're like, oh, no, this is a different shirt. I am now.
1: A little now, mustache. My
0: mom or whatever. Yeah, mustache. That's good. All right. Uh, let's see. Just real quick. You check us out at therogerebels.com. Go like our Facebook page. We're on Instagram and something. It's Instagram and TikTok at the Rogue Rebels. Because we're on TikTok, too. Like, we're yeah. all so cool. Yeah. We're also Hey there, fellow teenagers. Check us out on TikTok. At the Rogue Rebels, why don't you at me, young one, youngin? Why don't you at me, contemporary, peer, peer? Uh, and we're on Twitter at Rogue Rebels fan. Um, you know, it's it's a hellscape, but we're still there. Hey, you know, so's the world. What are you gonna do? Uh, let's see. The the uh. On Spotify, our podcast on Spotify, just in case you don't know. And if you happen to listen on Spotify, there are like now little like polls and questions that it's giving me the opportunity to put. So if you listen on Spotify, like, you know, like I'm going to leave you guys some multiple choice Tempest runner questions. I don't know what they are yet, but like answer them and hit me up and then we'll see who won next week. Um, Because that sounds like a fun little feature. And uh yeah. And if you don't listen on Spotify, then. I don't know. Sucks to be you, I guess. Um, You know, you're just going to have to live your life without a random poll that you didn't know existed until now. (laughs) That's what it is. Uh, Bianca, where (laughs) can people find you on the interwebs?
1: Um, I'm at BookHording on Twitter, the Hellscape. I'm at Bianca Hernandez on Instagram. I'm also at BookHording, the page on Facebook. And I'm book hoarding by Bianca on YouTube. Sweet. And my TikTok is also book hoarding. Sweet. I'm also now on Duolingo because suffering.
0: Okay, like I've been on Duolingo for a minute, but yeah, it's good times. That little owl comes at you at night and is like, hey, you haven't done your lesson today.
1: It that's literally the voice it does at me. And I'm like, listen, I did one this morning. You're asking for too much from me.
0: (laughs) Good times. It was like, but you set higher goals.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's more judgmental. Um, the owl from Duolingo or, you know, my own family. So,
0: <laughs> Good times. Good times. Uh, yes, I, I too am a fan of Duolingo. That is how I'm practicing my Espanol. Thank you very much. Because, like, despite my last name, I am not fluent. Hey, same. <laughs> hey, that's what happens, man. I don't know. Like, you know what happens? Like, I was the kid, you know, like my parents, they talked Spanish when they didn't want me to know what was happening. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of giving me the tools to be like a better person, they like held it over my head like, like a weapon. Yeah. They were like, this is how we utilize this skill. <laughs> this weak child knows nothing of what we speak.
1: And never um, will, because right. their brain will develop without the tools to be multilingual.
0: And now I'm a grown person trying to be like a <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. My dad was just like, "I really need you to be Americanized, so don't worry about this." And I'm like, "Father, I feel betrayed." <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's funny because you see it, it goes both ways sometimes, right? Like I see some families, like they won't teach their kids English because they'll be like, no, they, they'll teach him that at school. And then like in my case, they only taught me English to be like, that way he can go to school. And then they just didn't teach me Spanish. Mm-hmm. You know, eh, you live, you learn. What are you going to do? It's a struggle. Oh, yeah. Guess what? I also didn't do. I didn't teach my kids Spanish either. So. But to be fair, I'm not fluent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how would you? Yeah. That would be hard.
0: That would yeah. be real hard. It's true. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Tempest Runner. Tempest Runner. If you guys haven't done the full, what is it? Full cast audio original from Audible. Uh, It is the next, like, so far I think it might be the latest story, if I'm not mistaken. No, I better not say that before somebody points me out wrong. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, But it's definitely one of the newest ones uh, in the High Republic saga, as it were. Uh Um, And it follows the Tempest Runner Lorna D, who, like, we've seen since, like, book one, be a badass. Um, So what we're going to go through is we're going to go through a little bit of spoiler-free, like, talks and thoughts on it. And then we're going to get into spoilers. So, like, if you don't want to get spoiled, we'll let you know when to duck out. And if you do want to get spoiled or you've already listened to it, Cool. Hey, you're here for the ride. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. 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 You just don't get off and it's show. Hey, hey. All right. Like, I guess I'll start with my thoughts on the overall, like, production. I love audio dramas with full casts because it's like, like, any, if you listen to audiobooks at all, you know that they already go the full nine with, like. Sound production, like special effects or, or audio effects and sound effects and like music and everything is like pumped up to 11 in a Star Wars audiobook. Um, it's just facts. Yeah. But the only thing that you're missing is usually when it's an audiobook, it's one person being like, and then Boba Fett said this. Boba Fett kind of talks like this. And then Boba Fett, you know, the girl with the gun was like, oh, no, don't do that. And it's like, you know, like, obviously it's better than me. <laughs> But, you know, in the end of the day, it's still one person doing 72 voices. Um, You know, so I like when they mix it up with a full cast because then it's easier to hear the differences. So I really, really, really dig that. But the other thing about audio dramas is sometimes it's a little bit difficult to follow just because of the format. You know, some of the audio and some of the... uh, dialogue is a little bit more, I don't want to say, like, clunky, but I will say, like, you know, it's descriptive of things that are happening in a way that you probably wouldn't do if you were in a movie. Like, in a movie, it would be like, bang, ugh! But in an audiobook, it's like, bang, ugh! I can't believe you shot him! Marcia and Roe, or whoever, you know, like, that way you can really picture what's going on, which totally helps you. But also, like, every now and then, you're like, no, no, I got, I got what happened. <laughs> like, that's cool. No, I, I heard the gunshot, but I get it now. Um, It can feel a little clunky at times and not like, you know, but it still paints the picture.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And then the stories that jump around, which this one does quite a bit. Sometimes if you're not like paying, like if you put this on and you're like doing laundry and then you sort of like zone out because you're like, where the hell did my other sock go? And then you're like, wait, where are we now? Oh, we're in a flashback. So like sometimes if you're not like tuned in, you can lose it if it jumps around. Um, But that's not any like more or less than any of the other like audio originals, which have all been really, 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 really great. And this one is no different. It is super awesome. It is super dope. I love the story of Lorna. You get a lot of backstory on it. If you're interested in any of the like kind of intricacies of the Nile, this is a good one for you to do. Um that's what I think so far. What do you what about you?
1: I totally feel you on the audiobook versus production. Um I actually am not the biggest fan of Star Wars audiobooks for all the effects they have mm-hmm. because the audiobooks that I usually listen to are cuz I I listen to a ton of audiobooks. Um and they're usually yes, typically like one, maybe two voice actors.
0: Wait, Start another TikTok called audiobook hoarding. No. You can have that one for free.
1: I refuse. <laughs> uh, <and laughs> I really like listening to them, though, like, while I'm doing, like, chores or while especially, like, I'm sewing, studying, doing something like that. Because mm-hmm. um, I spend a lot of time in my sewing room now because the midlife crisis. Um, but... Uh, I'm really used to most books just being not as highly produced as Star Wars audiobooks are. So I totally feel you on the, like, part of me is, like, I guess, like, I'm okay with some of the sound effects and the music, the sound ups, all that. But, like, it's ultimately still an audiobook experience from, like, like you said, like, one person typically. I will say... It feels like, especially with the ensemble, like, the certain point of view and those, you know, they've been bringing in more people for these audiobook productions, um, mm. that those have been really fun. I've really enjoyed that, because it adds something to that kind of movie feel. Um, but I actually really, really enjoyed this um, production for Tempest Runner, because it, like... I don't know what it was about this, but, like, it was a combo of the story and I think also the pacing that I feel like they're really hitting their stride on these audio drama productions. Like, I've really enjoyed the other Star Wars audio drama productions for, like, other reasons, but I feel like this one is, like, they're really hitting their stride in terms of it's a good balance of action and backstory that, you know, those are all things that you'd want from any Star Wars book or movie. Um, Mm -hmm. but sometimes with the way it's produced and given to you as a consumer, you know, like, I'm going to be honest, Dooku for me was a little bit of like a, like, uh, like, didn't love it as much as I loved Afra. Like, I really loved Afra, and like, maybe it's because I'm biased and like, those are just characters that I love outside of those, those types of
0: media. Okay. But but the best part of Dooku is that when he's a little kid, they call him Do listen (laughs) hey do and there's like a little kid doing it there's like a little kid like come on do and it's really fun for me (laughs) and like i'm I'm 40 years old and they were like hey do (laughs) (laughs) like
1: that's why he went to the dark side like
0: no (laughs) shit sal why are you laughing while doing dishes nothing son
1: but like tempest runner was really good and like i i was i know like exactly what i was doing Exactly the homework I was doing while I was listening to it because I would specifically pause it when I'd have to leave the room and like do something else really fast, like get something from a different room. But you know, I don't want to miss this, like, and that's I feel like such a good indicator of just yeah. like how good stuff is. Yeah, and I'd also be like, oh my god, Frank, and like I'd yell at like you know, whenever Frank would be like, we'd you know, meet up for food or whatever in the house, and I'd be like, this is so good, I feel like they did such a good job, like, and, you know, talk about. Mm-hmm how I feel like this was just so exhilarating. I've read, um, there was like a Darth Maul prison break book, um, mm-hmm. which I feel like uh, is kind of,
0: I forgot what it's called. Oh, it's called yeah. Lockdown. That's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was, you know, it's overall kind of like a similar, like it's a genre, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like prison breaks are a genre and that's specifically a genre we've seen a couple times in star Wars. Right. Yeah. And I just felt like this one was like really nice and cool. Cause it still had that like stealthy, like you don't know quite what's happening all the time because there's always a card that you don't quite know yet. Right, um, right. You know, but it just felt like it was so nicely paced and just delivered. Uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like they've, this is an indicator to me whether people like specific parts of star Wars or they're they've been like a little bit iffy on the audio drama. I feel like this is like the one like that shows that they are hitting their stride. Mm-hmm. And to kind of give it like to me, I think it was a combo of all of like the writing, the pacing, the voice acting, the direction, obviously, right, um, right. that I'm like, people should give this one a try. Like, I think like this one's a good one to like dip your toe into if you are like, I don't know if I'm an audio original person. Right,
0: right. Um, so I think even like, that's funny that you say that about like where you were and stuff, because I do that with books Uh, like a lot of time I'd listen to him while I'm working or while I'm driving or while I'm sometimes when I'm working on a costume or something. So some, every now and then when I'm like, man, I want to listen to, you know, I don't know. I want to listen to, uh, pull a book. I want to listen to Alphabet Squadron again. I'll start listening to it and I'll remember like the house that I was editing when I was listening to it the first time. So that's just like a crazy thing that happens in my head too. And I thought that was cool that you also remember what you were sewing.
1: Yeah, like, I think that that's the kind of interesting thing about experiencing the, like, these stories while you're doing something, because mm-hmm. it reminds me a little bit of, like, when you're socializing with people, right, when you're talking to friends, um, and especially pre Panini, where you'd be like, oh, yeah, we sat on this terrace, and we talked about blank blank, or we sat at this table, we, like, snuck in and, like, found a back, you know, way, and we just sat on this, like, staircase, mm-hmm. and we talked for, like, a bit and like those are fun things i feel like that's kind of how this feels like it feels just like very experiential it feels very um and you know immersive. because like you said they bring in all of the high production value that star wars audiobooks Mm -hmm. has already but they really attune it to i just i just feel like they're really hitting their stride with these audio productions um yeah Um, it's just so different than the straight audiobook it's it just feels like this is going to be a really interesting fun direction if we see more of
0: these, like it's almost like a leveled-up audiobook. Like, yeah, it's kind of its own thing because it does like do things differently. Like in an audiobook, you don't have the, um, I don't want to say like overly descriptive, but like things like dialogue doesn't need to be descriptive in the way that it does in a book. Because when they add the sound effect in a book, the next lines are like you know his lightsaber sliced through the iron door with that power of a thousand suns or whatever. And, you know, instead of like in this book where they're like. I told you we need to cut through the door or whatever, you know, like Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. dialogue adds in all of that exposition, you know, in a way that like might bother some people, but also like, if you understand the medium, like that's what it takes to build a thing. Cause otherwise you don't know what they're doing. You would be so lost without it. Mm -hmm. So I like the pacing of this book is really, really well done. And it's a book that also has flashbacks and like, like in Dooku Jedi law specifically was one that I kind of got lost on a few times because it was flashing Mm -hmm. back multiple times and the story was also like from two different people's point of view like sometimes it's venturous and sometimes it's (laughs) do. um so that one got a little iffy i think yeah
1: i had the same experience with that one like that mm -hmm. one i just feel like i couldn't be like i really feel like i couldn't do something secondary and maybe it's like my potentially as tiktok has showed me undiagnosed ADD. (laughs) Um, TikTok man, really making me feel a lot of things. But like, I need to be kind of doing something else. And I feel like with Dooku, I couldn't. I and I feel like even today, it was, like I don't know if it was just like I was kind of missing the chapter setups mm-hmm. or what. But I feel like I was just like, wait, is this a flashback? Who's wait, what right. is happening
0: here? Right. And which is weird because uh, I don't know what. Like I wonder if it's also like the production as well, because um, like. Dooku had flashbacks and they would happen throughout the story. And they were sort of like, I don't want to say like well introed, but like, it. like I usually do these things more than once because I'll listen to it once and I'll get through it. And then I'll go back and I'll be able to follow it a lot easier because I kind of know what's happening. So I won't get so lost sometimes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So like on Dooku in particular, like on a second listen, I was able to follow it a lot easier. Um, but the, um, the flashbacks in Tempest Runner. Some of them take place with like little to no setup, like something will happen and they'll say like a word like, what is that? What, what, uh, You know, whatever you say, Lorna D. And then like you'll hear a sound and that'll like trigger the flashback. But it's almost Uh like the production sometimes did a better job in this with less of an like audio setup than the other flashbacks did fully setting you up with a like, and then I read from the diary dooku uh-huh. was a seven-year-old hey there do or you know do. you know like to get into the flashback i would get less loss on tempest runner even though there was like like the the way they directed it or learned how to do it or whatever they did it was like it worked really really well and it's on subsequent rereads i was like oh that's a cool transition i did not realize that that was like all i needed to realize that now we're back on aloth or whatever you know the, with the tempest <laughs> runners or
1: you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Again, I just feel like they really are hitting their stride directionally with this. And I just like Afro, I feel like it's, it's, I think it's hard to compare this to Afro because for me, Afro is just like, that is a character. That's so charismatic. It's like hearing Mm -hmm. Lando tell a story, right? Like it's so akin to just being enraptured by a storyteller. And so I feel like for that one, it's just like,
0: well, I think you just said it right there too. That's the difference. Like Afro is telling you the story. Yes. So like she's setting up everything and it's really like, it's like even though she flashes back sometimes like she's very she's able to direct the scene in a way that more like a book would like yeah you know so like i think that's why that one is easiest to follow uh-huh. in my opinion uh-huh. um because like she's literally telling you yeah when i was a kid blah 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 and like now we're on naboo hey like that's how i do all my audiobooks people uh, hire me um <laughs> I'll come and do your audio book. <laughs> hey, I'm a Tempest Runner. Hey, we're flying a ship. Oh, no, it's a lightsaber. Whoa, that was close. Um, you a know. plus. I
1: yeah. highly recommend. You officially have my stamp of approval.
0: Right. Uh, of audiobook it, Penguin Random House Audio. Uh, hire me for your next audio book experience. I can do, I can do, like, both. I can be like, hey, watch out. Like, what is that? Uh, it's a lightsaber and I'm coming for you. Let me run real fast. Stomp, stomp, stomp. Oh, no, he's running for me. Um,
1: I would like to audition for the part of one of the nine-year-olds who just yells "do."
0: Okay, nailed it. I need a lot of them, so it's gonna be good. <laughs> you don't even have to. That's no. like, it. yeah, I can. If I can, I'll will stop when I get ten. <laughs> it's just gonna uh, be like ten minutes of do 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 do. Yeah, that was so good. Okay, um, like <laughs> this book follows Lorna D, and like from the beginning of. High Republic stuff, I've kind of been like, okay, like, she's my favorite Tempest Runner, you know. And, like, if you've read the other books, like, you know, you know a few of the other ones. Um, So really diving into her, like, backstory was, is definitely, like, something to stick around for. If you're at all interested in the Tempest Runners and Lorna D in particular, you'll want to get, you'll want to listen to this for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was so fulfilled by this because I feel like, and you've been keeping more tabs on every single piece of High Republic than I have, but like I have been very hungry for more about her because I just have been like, she like she's a powerhouse, yeah. But we don't have the setup of why she's a power. Like, how is right. she? Like, how did she get here? Like, what's the deal on this woman? Um, and. Oh man, this was such like a great, great just like here she is. Mm-hmm. Here she is as she is now. Here's how she got here. And don't you forget, this is why she's gonna be always this way that she is, right? Yeah. Like
0: Yeah. So mm. that I really, really, really dug that aspect of it, you know, to um and it even like through that we also get a little bit more into the Nile, like in their structure and sort of like that kind of thing too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, you know whereas most of the books we follow it's always been following a Jedi or you know the main character we haven't had any uh, not many books that just follow the Nile even a Nile character you know I know uh-huh. we're getting uh, for those that don't know we're getting Eye of the Storm I believe coming January and that's going to be a comic series that like follows Martian Rowe and maybe his origins question mark I'm not sure exactly um, but that's kind of what it sounded like and it sounds cool uh and
1: you know, like I totally get the pacing of the High Republic being like, we're gonna hold back all this kind of inside intel because mm-hmm. we kind of want want the Nihil to be as mysterious as they are to the Jedi, right? Like Yeah, yeah. That totally works for me. Like I think the holding back on the reveals until like now um has really worked because it's like, A, we're giving people a chance to get ingratiated into What is the High Republic? Who are the, like, where are the Jedi? How are things different? Mm -hmm. But also it's making the audience be as much, like, like on the same page as the Jedi for the most part, right? Like, even when we have the scenes of the Nihil talking, you know, even pre Tempest Runner,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, we're kind of like watching them be in action doing something. We don't get a lot of, like, them talking about, like, workflow and processes, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, and we have also I feel like had like a basis of like hierarchy, but like not how that hierarchy plays out.
0: Yeah, we definitely get a lot more of that here. Mm -hmm. But even like you said in the other stories, like we sort of understand like what they're doing, like not necessarily why they're doing it, which I think is like one of the most intriguing things for me in particular is like, what are they up to? Where, and I think what the Nile are up to and what Martian Roe are up to seem to be like they might be two separate things.
2: Mm-hmm. Which is like
0: one of the most intriguing things. Also, what is going to happen? Like, because uh if y'all ain't following other Hieropolo books, man, it is getting lit, son. Uh everybody on TikTok, that means uh it's lit AF. Check it, y'all. No. <laughs> <Do>. uh, <laughs> Do, um uh, yeah i don't know like lorna d is definitely like i'm glad that they cho- I'm, I'm specifically glad they chose her to dig into and i'm sure the reason is because she's going to be one of the most prominent characters going forward even though she's kind of been one of the most prominent ones going backward as well like she's been pretty heavily featured uh in the big books for sure and sometimes to a lesser extent on the other books although i will say She is on, like, two exclusive covers of Out of the Shadows, and she is in that book, like, I'm holding my fingers together this much. Like,
2: like, okay, like, I
0: love the art, and I love, like, seeing Lorna D get rap. like, but also, like, she's not, if I was choosing people in that book, (laughs) like, she would not be, she would be much further towards the bottom of the list.
1: Also though, for me, I'm just like ostensibly like, please give us so much of this so that people will come with their diesel punk stuff to like any Star Wars thing. Like Yeah, fair. She like all like the diesel punkness of the Nihil, um, I love that it's backed up by having these like really incredibly interesting characters that I feel like are just well worth like not only reading about, but like mm-hmm. being like, Yeah, that's a cool character, I'd like to cosplay. Like for sure these folks are cool
0: i can't wait to see some of that stuff starting to happen like i know we've seen mm-hmm. a couple of like hey it's a here's a here's an avar chris and a vernestra roe or something like that we've seen a few like jedi so far i hope we see some like martian rose or you know like lorna d's like some really cool i don't know like what's somebody gonna do like roll up with a Drengeer like i want to see how that goes listen
1: like that would be amazing actually That'd be cool. But also, I feel like part of it was just like, I feel like her stuff is interesting because you could almost not have the, um, Leku, you could have Leku like attached to a bucket. Yeah. And I feel like that's almost easier <laughs>
0: than yeah, that might having be to, a lot simpler.
1: like, then you're, you don't have to, this is like, For the five people who actually care about the costuming aspect. For those those that
0: don't know, we are also costumers. uh, The Rogue Rebels, we are a costuming podcasting peoples.
1: Yeah, but, like, maybe one day... You know what? One day we should do a breakdown of the costumes of, like, the the drawings around, like, the High Republic and everything. Because I think they're really interesting. But, like, specifically, like, for her bucket, like, those, like, who just kind of hang out there. And I'm like, man, like, logistically, her costume... That means that you wouldn't really have to do the... I applied the latex leku.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It could literally be like... I made the bucket, and then I attached some like pieces of latex
0: Yeah. to the you back. you get a break. You know what I mean? Like when you head yeah. back, maybe you go troop out for an hour or two hours, head back, pop it off, and be like, I can breathe, I can move my neck, yeah. do some exercises. And like without that- having to do the whole hairnet and latex thing around your and head the paint, and painting. You, like, you wouldn't have to paint your whole face, like... Right. And, could like,
1: uh, yeah. that, I mean, again, this is like deep nerd for like the five people who care, but I'm like, I mean, I feel like hers would be one of the easier, um, Twilix okay. to do because you don't have to actually attach it to your head.
0: Just to go a little bit that much deeper. I was going to say, like, <laughs> yes, yes. If you were going to do any High Republic character, if you were going to costume one today and, like, you know, money and workaholic was no, <laughs> was no issue. Cause, like, I can say things like, uh, you know, I would probably be like, dude, I, I just want to do a skier. I want to do a one-armed skier. Mm-hmm. That would be so dope to, like, rock around with one-armed skier in mission gear. Uh, that would be fun. But, you know, making a Trandoshan thing, like, that, even if I... <laughs> that would take me, like, months and lots of money. Yeah. Uh, so, like, in a little closer to home, I've actually thought of doing Cantum Sai from the High Republic Adventures. Because guess what? He's a brown dude that, like, has long hair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I could pull it off. And I also thought about doing uh, Comac Vitus, because he's, like, a little, like, more, like, refined, like, brown dude. (laughs) But, like, he has a cool look, and I like some of his lines in the books, too. Um, You know, and he has a curved saber and everything. So those were, like, the ones that I just pull out of my head at the
1: moment. I just cannot wait for High Republic like... This is totally like on a mm-hmm. whole other bench, but like, oh I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see those in person happening. Um I I love uh Trenis's stuff. Yeah. Um I think Avar Chris has some interesting choices too. But I honestly like I think all of them have I wanna see somebody rolling up with uh Bell and his dog, you know? Yeah. Give me one of those like those uh Aztec dogs. Somebody.
0: That's cool. Is there a? I would actually, I would do a Lorna D from this book, but much earlier, where she's wearing a different kind of armor.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I mean, I wouldn't do it, but I would like to see that. <laughs> There's a without getting into spoilers. That sounds like a cool, interesting thing. Um. Okay. I guess let's get into the actual book now, huh? Yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready?
2: I'm ready. Let's do this
0: do we're gonna do spoilers now <laughs> do. do it's spoiler time all right so if you haven't read the book i would advise you it look it's free like you can do whatever you want if you want to ruin the story for yourself go right ahead and listen to us talk about a story you haven't heard about but if you want to like enjoy the story without getting spoiled i suggest you go and check out this full cast audio original thing and then come right back to here and then like you know get some popcorn and talk with us about it but like you'll probably just be like mm mhm uh huh no i don't think so um, when you talk with us cuz we won't we won't we won't hear you cuz that's how podcasts work
1: we'll just say do every once well, in a while yeah. and that's a chance for you to just say something and pretend yeah. like we're we're listening
0: and uh, but you know we we we're, our hearts are with you though yeah when you do that When you do that, we hear you in our souls. When you
2: do that. (laughs) When when you do, we do. (laughs) We do with you.
1: (laughs) Oh, God, no one's going to even find us funny. Oh, well, whatever. Let's do this. Can we do
0: this podcast for other people? (laughs) Having a conversation with my friend about books and Twi'leks. All right. Hold on. Dog wants to come in.
2: Okay.
0: Like, he's just going to cry again in five seconds to be let out. What a jerk.
1: Yeah, we know.
0: What a jerk. Okay. So, like, I don't know if I should, like, try to run down things real quick. The basic story follows Lorna D. if you hadn't figured that out yet, the Tempest Runner of the Nile. And if you've been following the books, she's, like, the most, like, cunning. Like, you know, like, Pan-Ada is, like, the strong one who's like, I'm all in, and, like, does fighting. And he's a big, uh, what is he again? He is a, uh... He's like Grumgar from The Force Awakens. Um, Lorna Dee is a Twi'lek and her people are cunning and ruthless and everything. And there's like a couple of other Tempest Runners, but you've been following the other books like they sort of been like flashing in and out. We've been losing Temp We've been losing that third Tempest Runner for a few books now. Uh, yep.
1: That's so, not a job. That's like a. Yeah. Oof. That's one of those like job interviews where you're like, "What's the? Oh my god, what's the? Word, what's the yeah. turnover rate for this?
0: Yeah. Like those bands good. that always have like a new bass player. <laughs> like. It's not
1: good. Yeah, it yeah. Mumford and Sons, I think, is one of them yeah. where you're just like, literally, I think there was like a movie made about like a documentary about like all the people who used to be the drummer for them. Anyway. <laughs> um. It's one of those like. Yeah. <laughs> do you really want to do this job? Because.
0: And to be fair, it's like a rough, like, there's a lot of, for all they talk about, like, we're Nile, we're all in it. Like, they seem to be backstabbing each other a lot. Like, <laughs> um, particularly Panada and Lorna. And if you followed the other stories, like, Panada has almost died like 15 times between the six books we have so far. Um, And it's been, like, very, very, very iffy. And, like, the last place we left him is I think she she saves him from a poison and then his like ship gets sabotaged and when the Jedi attack and he like he escapes like he almost like he's supposed to die in that you can tell whoever set it up meant for him to die but he like you know gets on an escape pod and escapes somewhere so the beginning of this story we have Two dudes walk into a bar and one guy's like, man, you ever heard of Lorna D? And one guy who sounds exactly like Panetta, if you listen to the audiobooks, is like, no, why don't you tell me about her? Um, And I'm like, yeah, that's Panetta. Uh,
1: Yeah, but like, I really like the setup. I really, really like the setup of the story. It's like such the-
0: a cool, like I have here on the little thing, it just says two dudes walk into a bar. Because that's literally what it is. They walk into the bar and they're, like, drinking. And he's like, let me tell you about Lorna D. Who was that? A Tempest runner. And she's, like, crazy. What? Really? And, like, they're telling all these stories about Lorna and, like, running with her in the ship. And the other guy, who's Paneta, is like, "Uh uh-huh. Whoa. No way. For real, though? What?
1: And, like, honestly, I feel like even from that beginning setup, the way that that was directed and acted, you're like, even if you don't know that's Pan... You're just like, oh, no, this is somebody who knows her. Like,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: there's this is not like there's something be, beyond the surface of this conversation. So I love this story is set up much like so many like legendary kind of ways that stories are told where it's like you're it's a story within the story concept where mm-hmm. you're just like, let me sit down around a table and tell you a story. Yeah. And then when the story's over, somebody at the table is just like, OK, cool. I'm the daughter of the king. you know, like. Right. This is such an iconic way to bring people into a story. And I really enjoy the payoff of it.
0: You know what this is? This is the beginning of Desperado. (laughs) Lol. (laughs) Like, that's exactly what it is. The guy's like, man, you should seen it. Like, she's the coolest Tempest runner. She, like, smokes everybody. And, like, man, like, we were on board the ship. And she, like, turned and killed the guy next to her because he he didn't do the thing she said. And then she was like, no questions. And, man, but, like, she helped me. Basically, the end of the thing is he's, like, He tells the story of how she got captured. So, like, after all of that, she was, she's on her ship and they're attacking somebody and they get reinforcements from Starlight and the Jedi come and they end up capturing the ship. But she fakes her death. So the Jedi think she's dead. But really, they capture her, but they don't know it's her. They like they capture her and she's just like, you know, in with another group of. However, many Nile are on that ship. And also, most of the Nile don't even know who she is because they always wear masks and it's like they don't even know the, what the Tempest Runners really look like. So, there's very, very few people who know that she is the one who is captured. Uh, meanwhile, the Jedi, she faked her death. The Jedi also haven't figured that out yet. So, they're still kind of like, man, we got to find Lorna D because she's the Eye of the Nile. Like, she's because they think that she's the lead. Um, and they don't know about Martian Roe or anybody else yet. So it also like shows you a lot of the holes in the Jedi knowledge and like
1: but I feel like honestly that shows that like Roe is strong and like Martian Rowe knew what the narrative was gonna be mm-hmm. and knew like that it was 100 percent great and good to pretend that Lornity was actually right in charge because that protects him and i'm like this is a really interesting like movement of this plot because now she's like you know a, the most wanted but she has this moment of is she dead is she alive and how did she how does she play with that mm-hmm. um especially because like once we start getting into it it's just like well what she, can she do because she's like you know she's been taken. Mm -hmm. Like she's been like, she's now been arrested and is in the system. So it's like, how is she going to like, what cards does she have left? And it's like, Oh no, she's got multiple decks left.
0: Yeah. And so she ends up like, she goes by a name. Like she actually, she goes by Sal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Her name is Sal When she's in prison, she gives that that's her name. Um, But one person knows who she is. And I believe it's Tasia who is a, She's supposed to be... Oh, see. oh Like, I wanted to sound all smart. Oh, she's a Cathar. So if you followed, like, legend stories from the expanded universe, like, you're like, man, look, cool, a canon Cathar. Or I was. Anyway. <laughs> um, she, like, she gets there, she gets in the system. Tasia's like, the one person who knew, who knows who she is. So she sort of, like, kind of holds it over her head, and, like, she's almost, like, Holding it as her card. It'd Be like, well, we're, we're going to work together and you're going to help me with this and that when we get out of here, because I know who you really are. And if I, you know, blobby blue, tell them who you really are. You're going to be in trouble. Yes, you are. Uh huh. So um, they sort of go through like that for a minute, but it also flashes back to like what happened and where she's from. Which is not Rhaeloth. She's from A-Alof. Mm-hmm. and she was from like the royal family? Question mark
2: mm-hmm.
0: Right? And
1: like it's—I feel like it was like one of those weird combos of like royal, but also like governmental. Like they were like, like they've got sway.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 And they also like they. I mean, there's a big disagree. Like we- the first flashback is like she's a little kid riding with her brother or something. And she like falls on a blurg and, you know, he like runs to get off help. But she like breaks her leg. But she's like so tough. She like gets herself out of it a little bit or something. Um, but basically what happens is they find out there where the they had the accident is like. they There's Rill and these spiders that produce Glitter stim which is, like, very, very expensive level of spice, but, of course, it's, like, illegal and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. So she's
0: telling the family, like, hey, we should do this, because, like, we're not doing so well, and, like, the agriculture's sort of dried up on our planet, and, like, the, the system is poor. And the family is like, "Yeah, no, we don't do that.
1: There was a ton of, like, discussion around, like, the Republic, and, like, what the Republic has really done for them versus not. Yeah. Which is, like, valid. Like, these are all, like, actually, like, what I enjoy about Star Wars is this, the, like, in some parts of Star Wars, the actual discussion of repercussions of war. And this is one of them, right? Like, right. and I, and she's just like clearly butting up against her family, kind of being like, "No, we shouldn't do this because like that's against our agreements." Like,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: she's like, "Listen, like, our like we we're not doing too great." Yeah, this is a solution. It may not be quote legal, but like, you're already starting to see her be like, what are the lines of legality?
0: Mm-hmm. But also, like, what is best for us? Like, uh-huh. they're not doing anything for us. We're hungry. Ryloth is over there selling spice, like, on the side. That's why like, we're so rich. That's why, you know, Orn is like, whatever, I'm good. I'll see you guys on the planet next time. Uh, you know, it's not Orn at this time, I know that. But that's the one Twi'lek royal that I could pull. He's not royal, but <laughs> the guy that I could pull out of my hat. Anyway. Head 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 They're Orn Freyta type. <laughs> Lol. You know. Um, yeah, but she and the family is very like dead set against it. And she keeps talking to like, you know, she's talking to her boyfriend whose name is Bala. And about like what they should do, like what's best for their people. And Bala starts to come up with a plan. Hey, like I know these people who like they want to rebel. They want to do this. They want to like change the rules around here and like they don't want you know he basically convinces her that like look we're going to remove your family from power and place you that way you can let, you know you can get us to do these things and everybody will be better for it and so she kind of like betrays her family Uh, for that right
1: and she believes that like everything he tells her about yeah. like oh no but like we're just gonna like like arrest them and have a coup, but like they're not gonna like nothing bad's gonna happen. Exactly. Like we're just
0: gonna Yeah, we're gonna like lock them up in a place they can still live with you or whatever. You know, like it's like a very it sounds very bloodless the way he puts it. And then guess what? It's not Oh, we all saw this coming. <laughs> uh-huh. Um So she betrays him and they like sort of keep her in they don't quite keep her in power, but they keep her like as a figurehead almost for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then, like, once she starts, like, not being okay with much, much of the stuff that's happening, they sell her into slavery. hmm uh, And the family's killed, right? Yeah. Like, they kill the family, like, right out the bat.
1: Right out the bat. And she's just, like, like, literally, he's just, like, you shouldn't have killed, you should have waited until we were farther away to kill him, like, to the people, to the guards or something. And I'm like, damn, that's cold. But also, like, you're right. Yeah. Um, no, but, like, after they kind of get the use out of her then and like i think too honestly if they things i feel like would have gone way different if she had known immediately that her family was dead like i feel like they could have gotten away with lying to her for a little bit longer right right but she was not having because she knew she's like no they're dead like you you betrayed me
0: yeah uh this this seemed very much like i don't know a lot of world history but like it sound it like felt so much like the stories you hear of that like you know, the the Russian Tsar family that was, like, you know, deposed and murdered uh, and only one escapes. Is this, like, the Anastasia story? Is that what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, there's also, you know, I, Frank and I have been watching a lot about War, from War of the Roses on to mm-hmm. the end of the Tudors and, like, the, a lot of the stuff around that, and, like, it's really similar. Like, all these, like, subplots to, like, put people on the throne in the Tudor time, you know, like, yeah, it would literally be, like, by the way, we're trying to make you queen. Uh, but, like, we aren't telling you what's actually at stake here. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of those weird figurehead things, like you said, where it's like, we're just putting you here, but, like, all of us are going to be actually, like, behind the scenes playing chess with your wife mm-hmm. um, and letting you kind of take the fall.
2: Um, right.
1: So this is very realistic to, like, things that have legitimately happened.
0: Yeah, so the like the idea of it was like they were going to like remove the family, she would be the person in power and authorize this, you know, glitterstim, you know, uh not quite legal trade that would profit their people. But what happens is they kill everybody, they ship her off to be enslaved and it becomes more of like a crime syndicate, like the people are forced to work, uh, and to labor to get the the rill or the glitterstem, and it's sort of like they're just another arm of the heart cartel now. Yep. You know, which yep. is not what she wanted for her people. Meanwhile, she's now with the Zygerians. Remember those jerks? Uh, she is now a slave, and she's like over there, and I think one of her. Like, one of the people she's with, it might be her roommate or something, is Sal Cross, and that's where she gets the name that she eventually gives to the Republic when she's arrested over there.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But she's enslaved there for a while, and they get rescued. The Jedi come, they attack the Zygerians, they liberate her, and it's, like, Master Rancisis, which is pretty rad.
1: But, like, this is also wild, because when all this goes down, she's, like, trying to stage, like, a coup to, like, overturn the enslavers, which, like, totally get. Yeah. But, like, she uses her homie as, like, the thing to take the bullet. Oh, yeah! And then she's like, no, she jumped in front of me! Yeah,
0: dude, all that crafty cunningness, this little jerk. (laughs) Here we go. Just her, like, yeah, like, the way that she turned like yeah she does she like uses that person to take the bullet and then she's like oh but she sacrificed herself me like she's such a good person and she gives her name as einen the first time like when the jedi rescuer she gives their name as einen which is her dead brother's name um and they put her into the academy mm-hmm. so she's like military for a minute You know, but, like, clearly she's, you know, this academy is not too different from the academy we know because these guys are, like, she's with these other cadets and they're like, nah, man, like, they're being a little racist. They're calling her worm... Are they calling her wormheads? No, that's the other prisoners, huh? Um, I don't remember. Yeah. Sal, you can't just go around saying wormheads. It's rude. You can't can't do it.
1: No. Uh, no. You can't do it.
0: So she's a cadet. They're giving her a hard time and they're being jerks to her. And she, like, gets in a fight and, like cracks some dude's head open with a wrench or something. And then she steals a ship. And she's like, yeah, this ain't gonna work for me. Bye. Peace. And they're like, uh, you're not gonna get anywhere with that ship. Like, this ship is locked down to the Republic. And she's like, yeah, but you guys trained me really good. So click, 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 click. I'm really good at this. Bye. Um, and she escapes. So she's like, tried military life. She was enslaved. Her whole family was killed uh, on the planet where she was. So She's a survivor. It's a little bit like, did you ever read Phasma? Yes. It's a little bit like that. Mm -hmm. Although Phasma's very clear. Like, Phasma wins, like, not quite through conniving. Like, because Lorna is a little more conniving than Phasma. Mm Phasma is a little more, like, in your face. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. I
1: feel like Lorna is 100% like the long game. And I feel like it all, like, I feel like this backstory all really, not only sets up, like, what to expect from her for the rest yeah. of the High Republic, but also is just, like, don't underestimate her ever.
2: For sure, that's
1: Because she, like, she learned early on, like, not only do I need to take care of what's best for me, mm-hmm. but I will play this long game. And that's what you get from this book.
0: And also that, like, she can't trust anyone because everybody's constantly betraying her. You mm-hmm. know? Like, that's another part of it, too, is, like you know, she depends on herself, and she pulls everything through herself. Like, she doesn't need a Tempest. She will destroy you all herself. But, she's gonna get a Tempest. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Um, Let's see what else. Oh, at one point, she's like, like, after all the military stuff, she goes into, like, pit fighting, and she's wearing Beskar. So I just thought that was a really cool picture, and everybody's like, what? I didn't know there was, like, twilight mandalorians like they're still being racist um while she's pit fighting and eventually through that she gets hired to stop the Nile. somebody hires her and is like look i have a you know thing nearby like and we're getting attacked by these pirates but they like take us down i i want to hire you to like stop them you know you're a good fighter and you can help us fight them off and what it is is it's a crime person who hires her to stop the Nile that keep attacking Eoloth, which is now where they make all the glitter stim and spice. Yep. So she kind of goes back home for a minute. And guess who's running the sp- spot? Her old boyfriend. Who shot her entire family. Mm hmm. So guess what happens? <laughs> what happens, Bianca?
1: I don't know. I think that, like, knowing her, she just is kind of like, that sucks, and walks away, right? Because, yeah. like, that's who we're set up to learn about right given
0: forgotten what are we paying here what are we what what, what do i make here
1: (laughs) uh this is like again it's almost like her anakin kind of like final fall if that makes sense okay maybe not the final but you know what i mean where it's just like oh yeah like
0: i mean it's 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 where some of the stuff becomes personal
2: yeah. And yep, it's also mm-hmm.
0: the last, like, piece. So I guess, like, if Anakin's file, final fall, I don't know. I guess more like Anakin's first... Like, this is Anakin finding What's his the, mother. The, yeah. Like, this is the it. last piece of little Anakin going bye-bye. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. Because it's her returning home. And being like, fuck you, fuck you, but Oh, I can't do that on a podcast. She's
1: saying the North remembers, like... <laughs> She's just like, I remember. And I'm,
0: mm-hmm. So, and that's the end of that. <laughs> so, like, at, these flashbacks sort of happen concurrently with the story. Like, while she's in prison, you know, they're trying to, like, rehabilitate her. Although I think the idea, like, look, this is a little messed up. And I know, like, prison reform is a huge issue. But the idea of Nile and people, like, part of their punishment is they have to go and rebuild the towns that they just wrecked. I find that a little bit entertaining. I mean, look, I'm not running for Congress or anything, but I'm just saying,
1: I feel like it's much like making PG and E like CEOs have to actually clean up the towns that were burnt down because of their power line. I Like, like that better. I feel like that's like kind of, you know? Yeah. Um, like these are people who did harm. Um, and they're having to like clean up that harm. And that's an interesting choice. Like, again, I think there's, like, a lot of discussion around, like, the bigger kind of pictures that lead people to these choices. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's a really interesting thing. The Republic is very much just, like, you know, you can work your way through the system. Mm -hmm. You know, there's benefits to you. You know, you can learn things that you can then use at some point. Right. Very similar to, I feel like, our current system. (laughs)
0: And it's like a, uh, it's also interesting to note that this is said a couple of times that this is kind of like new, like it's a new system because it's part of, it's another one of uh, Lena So's great, work. you know, she's like reformed this so that like prisoners are able to work off their, you know, know, their transgressions and rejoin society. Like she looks at this, they treat the incarceration system a little bit as one of her great works as well, which is also interesting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um. So, like, while she's in prison, she meets, you know, like I mentioned before, the girl who's, like, kind of blackmailing her, kind of, to be like, well, I know who you really are, so, you know, we stick together. And then there's, like, another gang, kind of, because there's, like, Ola Hest and her people who seem to be, like, the people running the, you know, they seem to be the uh, running the, like, gang on the other side that they're trying to steer clear of most of the time and such.
1: It's very Uh, Orange is New Black where it's like, you think that you're hot shit when you got in here, but like, there's people who already have a system inside.
0: Right, right. Um, Yeah, and there's very much like a, so this is something new for me for the audio drama slash books, is that a lot of the action in this book, like this is, like you said before, this is a prison break movie, book, story, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the action Is like prison fights. Uh And normally in Star Wars, when there's action, there's like lightsaber noise, pew, 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 spaceship flying. But in this movie, every time something goes down, all it is is like, like, it's just like, (laughs) it's just like meat fight. And I was like, oh, okay, that's right. Like they don't have, like they're in prison. So like, they're just like all of this is all hand to hand fights, which I would love to see. Um, but even in my head, it was kind of cool. Uh, but it was definitely, like, I don't want to say, like, repetitive, but it was throwing for me, me for a loop every time because I would be like, oh, that's right there. Because in my Star Wars, in my head, Star Wars fights are always so bombastic. And you have a, you're a lightsaber or it's a blaster or you have Mandalorian armor or whatever. But these are prisoners. So <laughs> all they're doing is throwing hands all day. Yep. Um, so that was... Also, it's
1: so one of those things that, like you said, like I'd like to see because... I want to kind of understand what Star Wars fighting styles would be like.
0: I mean, I kind of just want to see the, like, Star Wars prison movie that this apparently is now, right? You know what I mean? Like, it probably is. You just said Orange is the New Black. Like, I, now I want to watch one of those fight scenes because I'm guessing that's what it's it looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, it's interesting, too, like, this system and then we the prison system, we see the Republic having... um the new republic when we see in the mandalorian right like Mm -hmm. it's very different and of course like that's a high security thing so it's a little bit different but Mm -hmm. like yeah we've we've had heisty kind of prison break things before in star wars but this Mm -hmm. is very interesting in its own way the the darth maul one is bonkers because that's also a fight club thing but Uh, anyway
0: uh, that one's also real good We have like a little like there's also uh, what's his name? I always forget his name. Zero the Hut, You know, like at the end of season one, they break him out. So Mm. you have like a little bit of the the system there. But, you know, that's very you know, it seems very much like a, I don't want to say traditional prison system, but just a system where you're, hey, you're just in a room all day, (laughs) you know? Uh, Like, I kind of like the idea of like, hey, you're going to go out we're going out to this planet that the Nile attacked yesterday and now you guys are going to clean up the mess. Uh, I find it somewhat entertaining. I hope that doesn't say anything horrible about me.
1: I mean, that's uh, on you. That's yeah, on you, man. It's, look,
0: it's on me. I said it on the pod. So please direct all your ads to book hoarding at uh, whatever Twitter thing. Do not. <laughs> and you know, ask me questions. Um, let's see. Uh we passed up Carida. Okay. So by this time I'm by this time we've caught up. Like, Pan catches up with them on a planet. Uh, And Pan basically, he didn't join the other guy to, like, save her. He joined the other guy to find her so he can kill her.
2: Mm -hmm. Which,
0: of course, that's what he was doing. Like, we knew that. But, you know, it's, like, on some kind of foresty planet. And there's, like, a bunch of stuff happening. And they're, you know, with these big machines. And they, like, knock him into, like, a logging machine and kill him. And they're like, man, that was close. And then, like, while they're all, like, and she's jacked up, like, her arm is broken and everything, like, because she got wrecked in the fight, right? Um, And they're like, okay, so you, you're saying it was Pan Ada, one of the Tempest Runners, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, like, I mean, we didn't find a body, but you know, like, we're just taking down your story. And then she's like, hold up. What? <laughs> you didn't find a body? I don't like that. she knows
1: she knows
0: yeah Um, which again adds to another story like there's in addition to the other 17 times I thought Pan was dead this book adds like a good five more
1: some characters just like cannot die and
0: yeah Um, let's see there's a like yeah it, it goes like back and forth a few times but while she's in recovery, she's also getting close to that counselor. And that's putting her like at odds with a lot of the other prison people. Uh, the counselor, counselor Wittick is like, well, I, you know, I think I can like help you and all this and this and that. And she's you can see that she's using him for her own ends. But everybody else in prison is like, well, I didn't get assigned to the library or whatever. Like, hey, look how much good it like. And they're all pissed off at her that she's getting close to the counselor cause you know, she's getting favoritism or whatever. Um, but guess how much she cares.
1: She doesn't. Not she that. also like willingly is like using this person and it yeah. is like, it's almost sad to like experience it going down because you know how this is going to go. Yeah. And this poor like person is just being like totally manipulated
0: Yeah. And like they always like they always I don't want to say like the upper hand, but they always feel like this is a person who's like in the prison talking to a prisoner and they're like, look, man, I can help you, you know, or whatever. Right. Oh, so they always act like they have the upper hand slash they're advancing whatever their ends are. And it's never until too late that they realize they she was getting what she needed. You know? Um, yeah. So around this point in the book is when it starts flashing back because they start asking her about the Nile. They know she's Nile, but they still don't know she's Lorna. Except maybe around here at Counselor Whitick does. I think at one point he figures it out. If I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, I feel like definitely before the end, there's like, she she's not really hiding as much.
0: Oh, and at one point, like, in one of these, like, work camps, she comes across with that cadet who she, like, beat up, and she kills him, too. <laughs> so, just so you everybody knows, that string is tied up. Uh, You know. Good times. She doesn't forget.
1: She, no, she does not.
0: Do, do not mess with her. No. And that's another person that's like, huh? no, you're not, you're not, Sal. You're, your name is Einan. Like, aha, I know who you really are. And she's like, nope, stab. Or whatever. Yep. Uh, da, 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 da. So we get to see, like, the w- the flashbacks of her getting to be a Tempest Runner is, like, Pan finds her fighting and she's killing all the, like, Nile that come to fight, and eventually she, like, ends up, like, making a deal with Pan to join. Pan takes her back to the you know the big, no space party and all that stuff, and she meets Asgar Ro, who's the the eye at the time, which is Martian's father. So we get like young Martian, who is like not too much younger. This can't be too too far away. Um, but like Asgar is the head, who we've never really like seen before. We just like know a little bit about all of the mentions in the other books. Um, but seeing all of it happen, and clearly the Tempest Runners have a plan to get rid of one of the Tempest Runners and then get somebody else but it all kind of goes to crap when Asgar really like like As uh, Lorna saves Asgar from this attempted assassination and he's like well you're so awesome you will be the new Tempest Runner and then she's like what me okay And so she becomes Tempest Runner and everybody else is like, ah, crap. Like now what? I thought we were going to like, man, we were just trying to get rid of this. and Now we got a whole new one. Um, They're not happy.
1: But like, again, it is her manipulating and using whatever situations to get what she wants.
0: Exactly. So the paths and all that kind of stuff they decide that all the Tempest Runners, which at the time is like her, Kassav, and Pan, they're plotting to kill Asgar. And like, they're sort of like already plotting to do it. So like when she becomes Tempest Runner, they're like, well, you know, either we kill you or you're on our side. And she's like, okay, I'll help you. Sure. Again, they think she's getting, you know, like they think uh, they're getting what they want out of her. But... It's never really clear, but all that's clear is like she goes there, he's killed, and she's like it's done. So like we don't see her do it, but like we know from the other books he was killed. Um, we know it was kind of a joint effort.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, and they sort of think like by killing him that they're gonna like take over the pads and lead the Nile and not have to split with the Eye and all that. Um, because everybody thinks Martian is weak. But, like, as soon as that happens, like, Martian comes in and, like, takes over and everybody follows him and they did not see that coming. And again, everybody's like, what? No way, man. Now we have to deal with Martian. Um, so that's also kind of cool to see, like, that side of the story. Because he's another one that keeps getting underestimated.
1: Yeah. And, like, there's just so much there, too. But I feel like we've at least had more. From him. Yeah. Versus now getting the this side of it. But I definitely think it's this it's so good because it's like clearly building up to this like we're on the same side but we're not on the same side. Yeah. Showdown that I'm oh, so excited for.
0: And it's also clear that like between her like of this story of telling her and Martian's story, like it's clear that like those are people punching at each other's level. Mm-hmm. Like Panada has lost out on these backstabbing things so many times. Like, he's just still alive because he's apparently really hard to kill. Facts. 100% um, facts. Like, he's not alive because he's so smart that he gets out of the trap. Like, he literally gets shot. And then he's like, man, that hurt. Like, <laughs> and then he comes at you with one less arm or whatever. Um, you know, like, Kossiv we lost in the first book. You know, the Tempest Runner here we lost in this book who was whoever was before Kossiv. Um, You know, Zetar, we've seen a few of the other Tempest Runners, like, and it gets very, very, very iffy um, with them. But it's... I'm really curious to see, like, where... Because now, with Pan, you know, by the end of this book, Pan's gone. We know she's still around. I can't remember if Zetar's still around or not. But, like, between them, like, it's basically her and, and the eye. And I'm really curious to see how that goes because I don't know if her goals align with his.
1: No, Maybe. but I also don't think it's ever going to be a thing where either want to share power.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Like it's all going to come down to that.
0: Yeah. But I, I really can't wait for it. And I want to see how it goes on. Cause like, okay, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, Oh, while she's having all these flashbacks, like she's sort of getting closer to Wittick and she's getting closer to some other friends. One of them, name is Seston, who's like another. Uh, I believe another um, Twi'lek. And she's like, look, I was blackmailed into this and like they have my family. So I had to help and this and that. And Quinn, who was a storm who knew her. And is also like a really good hacker, which comes in handy. So she's like building her little people, even though she's not, even though she's not really like built, like they don't really know that she's building the people. But Pan catches up again with the Tempest and attacks the ship because now he knows where she is. She's on board the restitution. So the ship is getting attacked like all hell's breaking loose. They free the prisoners. Um, But Lorna knows what's happening because she's like, no, he's coming for me. Mm-hmm. Like you guys should, might you guys might as well escape while you're free. Because he's, he won't care. He's coming for me. And then he sort of like broadcasts on the thing like, hey, like Lorna D, like you better get over here or we're going to kill blah, 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 or whatever. Like, or anybody else who finds Lorna D on the ship, I'll give you like 30,000 creds to bring her to me right now, you know, and you can live. Um, And she's like, well, that sucks because now everybody in the prison and Ada is trying to kill me. Uh, That part was pretty metal, actually. I was like, this is the smartest thing Pan has done.
1: Yeah, because she has, again, she has so many cards to play. But once you start putting money on the line, ooh, it's hard. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's hard for, like, who is she? Like, she's kind of just there with, like, nothing in hand. So it's like, how is she going to convince people to help her?
0: Right. But it's like, some of them know her from... Uh, I don't know, like, because they like Quinn especially is like, oh, no, you were like such a good Tempest runner and such. So, like, I'm going to help. And then the friend that she's helping, the one with the family and everything, Sestin, 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 she's really trying to help her because she wants to save her family. At least that's what she's saying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And what happens is they get Ola to take her in as if she's captured her. But like, they're really just trying to double cross Pan and then they're going to like try to shoot him. Um, but Pan calls out all these scav droids that attack and Quinn hacks them and they're able to like kill everybody. Um, Including the counselor who's like, don't do this, don't do this, you're a good person. And she's like, really? Uh, So, spoilers. That
1: was also metal.
0: (laughs) That was so dope. Like Quinn goes with her. She kills pretty much everybody except Sestant. Seston she sets free on an escape pod. Like, she lets Seston live and also, like, separates her from herself. Because basically, she says, hey, like, she kills Pan. She kills all those fools that were going against her. She kills everybody. And then she's like, if you want to escape, get off this ship now. Like, go ahead, take the escape pods, blah, 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 blah. Otherwise, if you want to stay, we're going to the Nile. We're going to be a whole new Tempest. And this ship is now called the Lorna D." yup and you're like what like she got a brand new republic ship and like a lot of new prisoners that are now new nile members um and that ending was kind of metal because like at the beginning of the story she loses her ship she loses her tempest she's arrested she has nothing and then she flies back to these fools with a brand new republic ship uh, you know like a whole army a tempest ready to go and she's like what's up Martian and roe and he's like what are you doing here and all his stuff um so that and that's pretty much where it ends right like she returns to the nile but what's going to happen
1: It ends like in a way that you're just like i'm not fulfilled with like i want to know what happens next but i guess i'm fulfilled with like this this story this book coming to a close but like I wanna know what happens so bad because yeah. she's she's just like, Y'all think you could kill me? Nah.
0: Like, like this is almost the version of the Nile version of like, you know, Ray holding out the lightsaber. <laughs> like she's basically showing up at the doorstop with a brand new ship and being like, Alright, what's up? <laughs> you know? <laughs> what are we gonna do? Um So man, like just through this entire book, she is a badass. Mm-hmm. and that is like the way it ends is just so solidly badass as well yeah Um, and I love that the story like because it's another like it's another iter- like uh, through the flashbacks you see that she's like lost everything so many times it's also nothing new for her but the way that the story goes is it like takes this character who's like she's the biggest she's uh, the tempest runner she's worked her way up from the beginning You know, to join the Nile, and she's connived, and this and that, and she loses her ship, she loses her storm, she loses her tempest, she's a prisoner, she has nothing, she's somebody else, because she can't tell anybody who she really is. And she comes back, and she, like, uses all that to get back everything. (laughs) That's rad.
1: Yeah, I think that, like this story yes it has some really cool canon stuff has some really cool twists and turns in the storytelling but like overall like this is i feel like the big setup for why you should never underestimate her and why like when she comes up against martian which it's gonna happen like i just feel this like it's gonna happen
0: we all feel this
1: it's just gonna be a when and a how like exactly Like it feels like one of those things where it's just like she's again going to bide her time
0: Mm -hmm.
1: to get the optimal revenge because I feel like she's now mad at him and I feel like the whole book kind of sets up you don't want to have her be mad at you because she does not forget
0: definitely and it's also very much of a like like I don't think either of them are going to be unprepared so like this is this is, like, I, I really am intrigued by whatever her future holds, because she is not to be underestimated. And I nope. feel like that's the thing that keeps happening. That's um, one of the reasons she keeps coming out on top, but not the only reason she keeps coming out on top. You know, um, it's just another tool.
1: I also feel like it makes her as a leader really, like captivating because wouldn't you want to like work for the one who can't be defeated right like there's actually like something there around also just the appeal of her compared to martian where i feel like i i don't know he very much feels like he's kind of he hasn't felt like he's in the battles as much as her um Mm -hmm. that he's kind of like he plays it so safe for himself, like for his body. That's he true. He's not going to be out here risking that, but she's like out here on the front line a ton. Yeah. And I feel like that's going to get a ton more sympathy from certain people because they're just like, I mean, you're actually out here. You're not just like ruling us from yeah. like a fancy chair.
0: Right. Uh, that's a good point. That's really interesting. Uh, like I, I, I do feel like the, the Nile and the eye, like, eventually are going to separate you know what i mean like at, uh-huh. like that's going to be that's going to be a thing that goes against each other and i do feel like the nile would side with her uh i cannot remember if Zitar is still around or not i feel like he might be but i'm not sure um pan ada finally actually for real this time dies in this book and he is like super cool but also like it was well done and I love the fact that, like, she wasn't, like, like, she was kind of intimidated, but she also wasn't, like, like, she knew he wasn't going to stop coming for her. But she also, like, handled him multiple times.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and I really like that part of it. Like, Panada is very much like a Terminator. And she is very much like something else, like maybe more like a Sarah Connor.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel
1: like, too, she, it almost feels like, she, you know, she could have come for him anytime she wanted to. It just wasn't a priority until it needed to be a mm-hmm. priority.
0: And then, like, the times when it was happening was not, like, she's a prisoner with no weapons, no, like, so it probably wasn't the greatest time to have Pan Ada come for you. You know, you might feel better with Tempest at your back. Um, yeah, the, uh, oh, what was I going to say? It's also interesting you talk about her being a leader and I wonder how much of that like you know because she was royalty at one time Mm -hmm. like it's very curious to see like she almost was going to be leader of a planet or a system or whatever you want to call it Um,
1: she's had a taste for power I feel like power can be really corrupting and I feel like in the environment she's in with the Nihil that like it's a ripe space for her to try to gain more gain it all
0: Yeah, I mean she's like basically on top you know like the only thing is that that pesky eye, but, uh, you know, we'll see how long that, you know, like even Pan Ada was like, well, oh, we got to get rid of Marsha, you know, like that was the original idea. Whatever odd years ago when they were trying to kill that other, when they tried to kill Asgar Ro, was to get rid of the eye so they could have power. um, You know, now it seems like none of those original Tempest Runners are left, you know, except her, the one that got inducted at that party.
1: Yeah, and it's, again, one of those things where it's just, like, what she's been trying to do is, I feel like, just been at odds with what Martian's trying to do. Because I feel like they want the same thing. They want that power. And I feel like mm-hmm. this is is going to come to a head. Like, it's, it's going to be intense.
0: Yes, definitely. The I'm not sure if this is, like, the last thing. Well, no, we still haven't finished that. Uh, there's a little comic series going on right now called... Monster What's at Temple Peak that is like the backstory of Ty Yorick. Oh. And then there's a new one that just started called Trail of Shadows. And so far, that thing is badass. And it's like a detective story with a Jedi and a person who are trying to like, you know, like unravel a few things. And it's only one issue out. So I don't even think we've gotten to like to the meat of it yet. Um, but it is super dope. But the next big book's... That The big one is going to be The Fallen Star by Claudia Gray in January. Oh, and already, that. I don't like the title. <laughs> uh, rather, I don't like the idea of the title. Um, and then they came out with a poster the other day that's like, who will survive? And I was like, why would you do this? <laughs> why would you do this, Star Wars? Rude. How are you going to be like this to us? They're they're just, like everybody to retweeting us. it, including me, being like, why? Why? uh and then the ya book is called midnight horizon which is a daniel jose older book i have no idea what it's about but i think it's wreath and ah crap i forgot who else i think wreath silas is one of the characters and i have to say that has got to be the best title of a star wars book in a long time (laughs) i don't know what it means but midnight horizon just sounds really cool um then mission to disaster is the like young reader And it's going to be another uh, Vernestra-led book, I believe. And what was the other one? Oh, I think the last thing was Eye of the Storm, which is like Martian's backstory. So we're going to be getting all that stuff starting January. Like, I am all into High Republic. I love Jedi. And I love seeing, like, really cool different Jedi, which so far, like, this series has given us a lot of. Like, I feel like in our traditional... You know, the different Jedi was like, okay, we had Qui-Gon and, like, Voss, And, like, if you really want to count survivors, then you have, like, you know, Kanan and Ezra who are, like, different. But, like, in the Jedi times, most of the Jedi are very, like, standardized. (laughs) So I really like the idea of seeing new and different ones. Like, I really like Vernestra. I really like Keeve, Skir. Uh Like, a lot of the Jedi that they've introduced are very, very unique. Uh And in that way, they're not forgettable. Like and I really dig that.
1: I also feel like it's it's almost because they do make them so much less of the Jedi we see in the prequels and we and like these kind of machines and we have these like people. Mm
0: -hmm. Like
1: we do have like there are times that clearly like A Bar Chris is a little bit too drinking the Kool-Aid for some people's, you know (laughs) uh comfort levels, but like we also clearly have enough people that like still are I want to say human, but like, that's not it. It's just like they, they can be flawed.
0: Well, I think like, yeah, like it's both because yeah, they can be flawed, but it's also like so much of the, like the Jedi of our time. And I say our time as in like the prequel, you know, whatever the original era was, is like, they're almost removed from the galaxy in a weird way. They're like an arm of the government who just sits back and does their things and goes and intercedes with whatever's needed and they take votes on everything. Whereas the Jedi in this era, even though they have the same kind of rules, the way that they follow them is a lot more empathetic and like, uh, like unity is a big theme of the High Republic. And I think the Jedi symbolize that and like utilize that as well, where they don't sit back there and they're just like, well, the rules say that we can't blah, blah, blah. So there will be, he will not be a Jedi. Like they really are in touch with each other, with their feelings, with And they follow the rules, but they also, like, their duty is above everything, but they also don't disassociate from the galaxy in the same way. They have friendships, some of them have romances, as long as it doesn't remove them from their duty, like, they allow themselves that. These lives, almost, right?
1: Yeah, I feel like, too, like, we're a really interesting space for the Republic, because we're actually expanding out into these reaches mm-hmm. that we hadn't yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the other reason why it's interesting. Cause like you have Jedi who want to be out there who like some of them, that's just what they do. They're like marshals and stuff, right? Like
2: that's yeah,
0: yeah.
1: versus just being so centered on Coruscant.
0: Right. Um, and like have, only going out th- when they're called.
1: Yeah. We know there are other temples and things. We know there are other places to train and become a Jedi. Like, it's just, it's a very different time. And I think it's really interesting because like something happens here that I feel like probably influences the Jedi becoming these like robotic police that we've seen the the prequels.
0: I mean, I feel like it started, like, I feel like I see some of the seeds already in some of the other books, not really this one. This one is not very Jedi heavy, but I do feel like I see the seeds, of particularly their relationship with the, uh, with the Republic. Um, You know, like after the events of the Rising Storm, the following books, they very much make mention of like, hey, like we really need to like do this thing. And like the Jedi have all the resources of the Republic at their hall to, you know, to help us and and to be we need to join forces to hunt down these Nile and blah, 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 blah. And you can see how that leads to the Jedi sort of becoming these police slash generals eventually. You know, Um and then if you read uh, Out of the Shadows, I think, too, has a little bit more of like the Republic's like political stuff, like the things that start leading to the, you know, where Chancellor Florem's like, look, I can I can give you guys a hand. Oh, hold up. Somebody's whispering in my ear right now. Uh, never mind. Uh, we cannot give you guys a hand. Sorry, Naboo. <laughs> um, you know, you see a little bit of that, the seeds of that corruption and where it leads to where like. Ah, the delegates now lead, you know, the the Republic. Ha ha ha. You know. Uh Um, uh So I'm liking all the arrows that are pointing to where we're going, but still it being so much of a a fresh place that we're not there yet. And it still feels like, man, these Jedi are cool. If only.
1: (laughs) If. Yoda, why didn't you fix it? Yoda,
0: Yoda, come on. You were around in the cool days. Why did you become whack? Oh, yeah. Yoda, not pictured in this yearbook photo because he's been missing for a few issues. <laughs> uh, I was dying because like uh, Daniel Jose Older, who writes the High Republic Adventures, which was like the last place we saw Yoda. He was like, blah, 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 blah. And somebody asked was asking him questions on Twitter. He's like, hey, I can't say anything. But uh, speaking of Yoda, has anybody seen him? I seem to have misplaced him. Oops. And I was like, huh, <laughs> good one, said the author. That was a good author joke. That was a good... I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoy Twitter and TikTok like all of my fellow peers. Okay. Do you oh, have any, boy. Any oh, boy. Any final uh, High Republic slash Tempest run of thoughts?
1: I thought this was good. I really enjoyed this. And uh, again, I feel like in terms of just the bigger picture, it's it's a great High Republic book, but I also think in the bigger picture of... um the publishing coordination for these audio dramas. Mm-hmm. I think this is, I hope they, they, this is the, the peak like the, or the stride, like yeah. the stride of like, yeah. we've got, like, we've got all these things in place to kind of make these really sing. Cause I think that like, these are becoming so compelling um, in the way they're directing and producing them. So definitely. I'm really excited for it. I definitely think again, like if people, haven't maybe been as into the others this might be this might be the one to give a try
0: yeah that's fair it's like it's so much of its own thing because it really focuses on a character so like while it is great to know if you read you know if you read rising storm and light of the jet and all that you have a little more info of, of lorna d but you get so much more out of this book of lorna d that now if you go into those books you'll have a lot better like it's if you were, if you had did this one first and then went back somewhere else, you would probably go into those books being like, hmm, okay, that's what they think is happening. Oh, Lorna. Oh,
2: oh Lorna. Lorna.
0: Um, you know, that might be an interesting experiment. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I really, really like the audio production. I like the audio dramas. Um, I just, I want... I, oh, not that I want. I really like this one because I, I love that we got the backstory. But as far as audio dramas, ones that jump around in time are always that little, much little bit more. You have to pay that little extra bit of attention to not get lost. But this one did a much better um, job of really like indicating that with not only the dialogue, but the production as well, I think.
1: 100%. Yeah. Again, like that's why I'm like, oh, I feel like they're getting like they're hitting. They're yeah. going to hit a stride yeah. and it's going to be like. It's all good. I feel like we're, we're getting there and I just am excited to see what will happen. Um, you know, fingers crossed. Like, honestly for me, I'm just like, it's not just high Republic. Like I would love to see this for, you know, imagine a, using some of the Kenobi hype and making a really cool kind of prequel adventure space where we could have, um, you know, maybe even the main actors come back and read some lines for Padme and Wan And, mm-hmm. you know, like, I just feel like there's a lot of opportunity once mm-hmm. we've kind of like gotten to that caliber. Um, and I think this could be a really cool space to do fun, fun little things like that. Like, I don't know if you follow Dr. Who at all. Um, but yeah, Dr. Who yeah. does a lot of these where they, the, the actors, the old doctors literally mm-hmm. play themselves in the audio dramas, um, cool. the old companions. So like, to me in my heart, this is something that I'm like, that's where I'd love for this to go. Um, I know those would be bigger budget, but I also think there's a lot of opportunity there mm-hmm. because it's a different production cost than having to film
2: something.
0: Yeah, but that would also be like, that would be a huge, like, gateway. Like, if you, you know, like, the audience for these is so much smaller. But if you put out there, like, you know, there's going to be a Kenobi audio drama st- starring, uh, uh, you know, what, uh, <laughs> starring Kenobi. Why did I just not remember? Ewan name? McGregor. Yeah, that guy. Starring Ewan McGregor. Like, th- can you imagine how many more people would get into these things and maybe through that, be like, man, that was so much fun. Like, I should check out Tempest Runner and Dr. Aphra and do. <laughs> <laughs> you know oh what I mean? God. Like, that would be, I feel like that's Never an investment forget. that might pay itself off.
1: I 100% agree. And again, like, I think that, you know, off this podcast you should definitely check out the like at least like get get a little cursory look at those doctor who audio dramas because mm-hmm. i think those could really be where this goes um where it could be these like micro adventures that don't really change the plot you know like mm-hmm. they don't mm-hmm. they don't change anything um it could be even something they've referenced before or something and like it's just a fun little thing that like makes people feel connected to canon again but doesn't have to interrupt current canon by being like, okay, well, now we gotta film this and like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. for Doctor Who, it's important yeah. because of who the doctor currently is and all that, but it's like, I mean, if you just get the. They lose you. Canon, and it's just kind of like a fun creative that makes fans of those eras really pleased. Really, really pleased.
0: Yeah. No, that's cool. I like I like I, I just I'm I'm they seem to be doing at least one of one of these things a year. So keep doing it. Yeah, I'll take another one next year. I can't wait to see what it is. Uh may I suggest a Quinlan Voss audio drama uh Lucasfilm call me if you want to do a Quinlan Voss. I'll just be like Hey, that's your opinion, man. Hey Kenobi, oh, you're looking worse for wear.
1: Imagine like a Mark Hamill one where it's Mark Hamill reading Luke's diaries.
0: Have you ever heard the like old, uh, like the old audio dramas from like the radio dramas? It's like Mark Hamill and Billy D. Williams. Like they mm-hmm. do have a lot of the uh, original cast sometimes.
2: Mhm. Um,
1: I, I just I feel like it'd be really cool to be like yeah. here's old Luke reading his diaries from Batu. That
0: would oh, be really. Horg
1: cool. for dinner again. Like.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah. Chewbacca was all sad about it, but man, was I happy
1: took not that thing two. right off his hands. Achito, not Batu. It would be cool oh, to have yeah, Batu okay. diary. Like it would be cool to have all these like really interesting things um scattered around the Star Wars universe. I
0: I hope we get a few more Batu like you know like I know Galaxy's Edge was a big push in like 2018 2019 and they were like, "Hey, you know, we got a book coming out and a comic and everything." I hope that's a place that we revisit uh every now and again because uh I don't want it to go away just because like Galaxy's Edge ain't new no more, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel the same way there's a lot they could do there
0: I like Doc Ondar man keep making books about it like give me a Savian son's book I would read that like that's rad
1: I want okay hear, hear me out Okay. I want the story of Ronto Roasters but like the family the patriarch is like read by Danny Trejo
2: <laughs> that's it now you're that's speaking my I've language
1: yeah. um, that's all I've got yeah, oh like- but also, what I actually want is those Jedi romances that have been mentioned in the High Republic. Oh books. yeah. I want a Jedi romance mm-hmm. so bad. I want to write a Jedi romance that's canonically a Jedi romance so bad.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, kisses on the spires. <laughs> Amid, I'm sorry, kisses amidst the spires.
1: Oh, you're like the you're sand really, in right? my socks. You never <laughs> go away. You know, like something stupid. Uh-huh. Anyway. I just I could think this of nothing great. but
0: you at the Turilon Wishing Tree.
1: Nothing but you and the do.
0: <laughs> do <Dude! laughs> that's what the romance really is. Oh, good times, oh good times. God. Okay, I guess I will let you go about your real life now. Thank you so much for I'm... making time to come and talk to me about this book. Um with that, we're caught up on a lot of High Republic books. This is gonna go on our High Republic playlist, so if you listen on Spotify, there's literally a High Republic playlist that you can search, and it has everything in order um, from the High Republic. So, like, you can go, like, we got, I got an episode on Light of the Jedi, I got a Test of Courage, I got it all, we talk comic books, man, you want Light of the Jedi, this playlist has got you. And if that is not quite your thing, there's a separate playlist for books, there's a separate playlist for comics, there's a separate for the Bad Batch, I got a Mandalorian playlist, so... Spotify is where you can get a like curated podcasts to your experience. So keep an eye out there. Um, in addition to the little quizzes and polls, which I'm very excited about for some reason. So hopefully somebody this week goes and answers those. If you look on your player, there should be little questions, and I'm gonna put multiple choice answers. Ooh. And I'm hey. not sure what it's gonna be yet, but as I'm writing this out and doing my notes, I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with something good.
1: Like, are you more of a do or a deed? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, if that's it right there. If, if, if I wasn't so like, you know, like if I didn't make these podcasts about one thing, that would be the title of the podcast. You a do or a D. All right. Oh, boy. Well, thank you for that, Bianca. You're the gift that just doesn't stop giving. I look thank forward you. to your line of Batu themed romance books in the future. Um, I mean, that's another thing that I would like to see you and Frank be like fancy Regency people on Batu. Just be like, this is how we dress when we are on our dates to the fanciest of Oga's Cantina. That doesn't quite work. Mm. I'm sure there's another, another restaurant on Batu somewhere.
1: There's going be better fine dining. Does Batu have fine dining? We'll figure it out. I mean, you know what? Like, it's that cruiser, that star cruiser. Well, the Docking
0: Bay 7 is the only restaurant, and it's like tip-yip, which, like, don't get me wrong, is pretty bomb. But I don't know if I'd call it fine dining. No. Uh, so, Lizzie, you know, my daughter has very much been like, oh, yeah, like, she's on an internship. I've said this before. She's on an internship at Disney World. And, you know, they assign you restaurants. They assign you... And she was very much like, I really want to, like, do... I want to be at Batu. I want to be at Batuu. And they put her at, like... She's at a fancy Epcot Center restaurant, right? And she's like, man, I wanted to be at Batuu. And I was kind of like, look, like, I get it. Like, you want to be on Batuu. But I don't think they need, like, a... You know, a like I don't think they need somebody who's like a certified chef going to culinary arts to put uh, a ronto sausage in a wrap. You know, I think I think they, I, you know, your your skills are more utilized in this restaurant. I don't think they need you to fry yip. No, I don't think
1: so. I don't think you they. Know. No, nope.
0: You know, I, I I appreciate the enthusiasm. You know. Look, maybe they maybe they can use you on the Halcyon. I, I hear that's supposed to be fancy, the uh, Galactic Star Cruiser or whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, but I guess it's not open yet, so that kind of throws a wrench in that whole thing.
1: But one day, one day hey, it will be.
0: One day, one day we'll see. You know, don't let your dreams be dreams. All right, everybody out there in podcasting land, thank you so much. Please let us know: are you a D or are you a do? <laughs> That's the end of the podcast.
2: That's
0: the end. That's it. The fate of all Jedi. For control of the force itself.